Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I really appreciate your guys' support. It means a ton. We are going crazy right now. The Clips channel is up to 80 subscribers. I literally just hit 50 like two days ago. The Trailblazers video that I uploaded is doing insane. Hawks video that I uploaded is doing amazing. It just really means a lot for me to see all the hard work I've put in really start paying off. And I just appreciate you guys for a ton. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving on uh, this hectic year. I hope you guys were able to see your families. Uh, and yet, yeah, uh, let's get into another great episode. First, I want to talk about my winners and losers of the 2020 offseason. Uh, first, starting off with my number one winner, we got the Los Angeles Lakers. It just had to be them with uh, everything they did. After winning the 2020 NBA championship, uh, they made so many great acquisitions. The Dennis Schroeder trade was a massive win for them. Uh, they really didn't have to give up much value to get a really good player. They were never going to use that first-round pick. Uh, so trading that and Danny Green to get such a good player like Dennis Schroeder, who was a six-man-of-the-year candidate, I believe he definitely should have been six-man-of-the-year. That's a huge win. You also get Montrez Harold, the actual six-man-of-the-year. And though he was exposed in the playoffs uh, by the Denver Nuggets, I think he can play some valuable minutes for the Los Angeles Lakers, especially with how good the defensive big men are around Montrez Harrell. His deficiencies on that side of the ball can definitely be hid, and he's going to be maximized with LeBron James. That energy is going to be crazy for them, and it's going to be really helpful. They re-signed KCP, which was a big piece for them uh, in last year's uh, championship run, so I definitely like that. I think it was a good contract for both sides. You get Wesley Matthews as well, a 3 and D guy who doesn't do much more than that, but he does that very effectively, uh, and he's going to be a guy who plays perfectly alongside LeBron James. And then you get Marcus Hall, a super smart player who, though, has definitely declined in recent years and was pretty bad in the bubble. Uh, I do like what he's going to bring to the Los Angeles Lakers. He's going to be a big who at least has the threat of shooting the ball. Uh, and that's always nice to have alongside Anthony Davis because it gives him more room to post up. He's a great passer. That's something he's always excelled as. He's just a super high IQ uh, cerebral guy. He is still uh, solid enough in the post and you can dump it down to him occasionally. On uh, is a very smart defender. Uh, so I love that contract for them, too, especially because he's not going to be having a huge role. He's just going to be able to play a good amount of minutes and then uh, play some valuable basketball for them. Definitely will be uh, more valuable like someone uh, like JaVale McGee, who, uh, though, was solid enough for them in the regular season. We saw him completely eliminated from the rotation in the playoffs. I don't think we'll see that with Marcus Allen. Uh it's just another great move for the Los Angeles Lakers. They've absolutely killed it. Uh, though they did lose some important pieces in last year's run, like a Dwight Howard, like a Rajon Rondo, uh, like Avery Bradley, even though he obviously didn't play in the bubble, he was really nice for them in the regular season. They could definitely still win without those guys, and they got upgrades from those guys. So got to give a ton of credit to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers for staying aggressive uh even after winning the 2020 NBA championship my next winner I got to give a big win to the Milwaukee Bucks I've actually seen quite a lot of people call them losers and I do understand that uh to a certain point because the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation was an absolute mess uh and that was a big loss for them to not get him uh, and apparently it's came out that Giannis well they're a lot less sure of keeping Giannis after losing Bogdan because he really wanted Bogdanovich 
And obviously, again, that situation was a mess. That was a, a very weird thing to happen. But other than that, I feel like they made some excellent accusations. Uh, they did such a great job with the Drew Holiday trade. I know they gave up five first-round picks, and that does seem like a lot. But you give get rid of Eric Bledsoe, who at this point is basically a negative asset. George Hill, who does hurt a little bit because he's a, a very solid player. And then you don't really give up anything else. And then you just give up a bunch of picks, which weren't going to be useful to you anyway. Uh, you're going all in. You're trying to win a championship. So you need to do things like that. And then the offseason, you just make a bunch of smart acquisitions. You don't get anyone crazy. But you pick up guys like Bobby Portis. Just a bunch of guys who aren't going to be... Uh, big standout guys, but it's going to be nice to your, for your team. You get Bryn Forbes, a shooter off the bench. Obviously, the Bucks need as many of those as possible. And then you get Torrey Craig as well, a 3D guy who's a very, very good wing defender. I just love all the moves they made. You get Sam Merrill in the draft as well, late in the second round, a guy who can really shoot the ball uh, and was one of the better shooters in the entire draft. I feel like they just absolutely killed it, this free agency. And got so many nice role players to surround Giannis. Uh, and after they lost a little bit of uh, depth with like the Drew Holiday trade, they filled out their bench even more. Uh, and they're looking really nice going into next season. Next winner, I got the uh, Portland Trailblazers. I talked about this in my last episode. Uh, and that's the video that's doing so well. But the Portland Trailblazers just have done an excellent job this offseason. They've made so many nice moves. The Robert Covington trade was such a good one for them. Uh, I love Robert Covington and what he brings to basically any team. He's such a valuable 3 and D guy who, again, literally any team would want a Robert Covington. And you did give up two first-round picks for him, but it was, what, the 16th pick? And then you uh, only had to give up a future first, which was is lottery-protected. And you're not going to be in the lottery because you're a really good team. So uh, I love that trade a ton. That's such a good trade for them. You also uh, retain Rodney Hood, who is coming off an Achilles injury. But I do think he'll be very, very solid uh, for them in this uh, upcoming season. He's just a guy who can really score the ball. Uh, he's a great shooter, and when he gets hot, he's a really nice player. You also signed Harry Giles, who is a player that a lot of people have given up on, and reasonably so. But I still believe in Harry Giles. I just can't look at what he was in high school and how incredible he was. The top player in his class, and that was a talented-ass class where he was the top player in. I just can't see that. and I can't see these talents that he does show in spurts and think at some point he's just he's not going to break out. So definitely uh, like that signing a ton. I hope all the best for him. You signed Derek Jones Jr., who can just be an energy guy off the bench. He's going to catch lobs. He's going to have some exciting dunks. He's going to play good defense. Uh, that's definitely good for them. You get Melo back, which I think is great. Uh, someone who is really good for that locker room. They seem to all love him there. So definitely like that. Made a ton of sense. You let go of Hassan Whiteside, who those uh, stats look good. Is uh, not an impactful player at all. Uh, gives up way too much on defense, is super lazy on that side of the ball, and, again, just n isn't nearly as impactful as his stats. So I think it's good to get rid of him. And, yeah, they just did an excellent job. Uh, and I got to give a ton of props to the Portland Trailblazers, easily one of the biggest winners of the offseason. Next, I got the Phoenix Suns. I think they did an excellent job. Uh, the Devin Booker trade, huge win. Because uh, Devin Booker, 
uh, not Devin Booker, <laughs> the Chris Paul trade, huge win. Uh, getting someone alongside Devin Booker who can handle the ball, who can play make, who can hit big shots in crunch time moments is definitely massive for them as uh, they were in a lot of games last year that they ended up blowing. But now you got two solidified closers uh, in Devin Booker and in Chris Paul. I think that's phenomenal, especially with how good Chris Paul is last year. Uh, I don't expect him to be as good with uh, the Phoenix Suns this year, just because Chris Paul was like a top 15 player in the league, and he's not going to have as much on his shoulders this year, so I definitely like that. He's going to play like the Ricky Rubio role, but obviously just way better than Ricky Rubio ever could. He's going to be that facilitator. I think he's going to help DeAndre Ayton a ton. I think DeAndre Ayton's game is really going to be unlocked by him. I actually like the Jalen Smith qu- uh, pick quite a lot. A lot of people were criticizing that, and for good reason. There were guys that were available that I probably would have taken over Jalen Smith, uh, like a Tyrese Halliburton, uh, who I think could have been a really nice uh, backup guard for them. But Jalen Smith, a big who can shoot the ball, who can play defense. At the end of the day, you got to get your guy. It's kind of a similar situation to Cam Johnson, but I also had uh, Jalen Smith closer to the range than Cam Johnson was, so I think it's a good pick, especially with the loss of Aaron Baines. You get a backup big who can shoot the ball, play a similar role. You re-signed Javon Carter, who was really good for your team last year, a very, very good defender, and someone who's improved a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, his three-point shooting is much better. Uh, and he was really good in the bubble for them, a really big piece, and there ain't no run. You get Tyshawn Alexander out of undrafted free agency, which I think is an excellent pickup. Uh, 3 and D wing, reminds me of, like, uh, Courtney Lee, KCP. Uh, just not going to do much other than shoot the ball and play good defense. I think he could be a guy who makes a pretty quick impact on the team. I uh, absolutely love that for them, and I think they're p- – uh, poised to make a playoff run next year even though it is a very very tough western conference like they could miss the playoffs which is just crazy because this team is a lot better and they were already so close this western conference is stacked but they've done everything they could and uh, stacked all the chips for them to make a playoff run next year and i absolutely love what the phoenix suns have done this offseason next i got the miami heat they just continue to kill it every single year I uh, got to give so much props to uh, just everyone in that organ- organization. They do so much with so little every single year. You get uh, you get Bam Adebayo back on a big extension. Absolutely love that. Got to lock down your guy, and I think that's perfect for them. You get some really nice role players in free agent. The Avery Bradley signing is just it's just phenomenal. Like you get a guy in Avery Bradley who fits so perfectly into that culture is someone who grinds really hard on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then on offense, he's super unselfish. He's just going to play, make and catch and shoot. It's such a beautiful fit right there. You get uh, Mo Harkless, a three and D wing off the bench. Who's going to play some valuable minutes for this team in playoff series. Uh, he's a bit inconsistent as a shooter, but he's a really good on the defense side of the ball. And as long as he can shoot the ball decent, he deserves to be out there. You did lose a guy like Jay Crowder, uh, but you can get a guy like Mo Harkless who's going to play a similar role for a lot cheaper than Jay Crowder would and a lot uh, shorter term uh, because you don't want to uh, have long-term money, especially with the stack 2021 free agency where they're clearly trying to get someone. You re-sign Goran Dragic, which I think is excellent for them. He was such a big piece in their run last year. So you had to lock him down. You get him for a two-year contract. Second year is a team option. That's perfect for them. 
did the same thing with Myers Lenders, who though wasn't a big part on the court, uh, seemed to be a really good locker room guy. You draft Precious Achua, which I think is a really good pick for them. I'm not someone who's super high on Precious, but I think with the Miami Heat specifically, uh, that's such a good fit. With He's just going to bring a ton of energy off the bench. He's probably going to play some small ball five at points. Uh, and It's going to be really fun. Uh, fun to see him out there. Uh, I think he's just a guy who fits so perfectly into that culture. You get Paul Uboa in undrafted free agency, which I love a ton. He's a guy who has all the physical attributes to be a very good player and has some intriguing skills, but definitely needs a lot of development. And the Miami Heat have consistently, year after year, developed those type of players so well. So I think Paul Uboa is going to be really good uh, at some point for the Miami Heat. Never expect him to be like a star, but he's going to be a rotation player because it's just what the Miami Heat do. And uh, I absolutely love it. They did such a great job uh, this free agency class. And Miami Heat, yet again, winners of free agency. It feels like it almost every single year they're just making the right moves. Next, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. I got to give a ton of credit to Daryl Morey. Uh, for what he's done in the very short time that he's been the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, He really dug them out of a rut that I was scared they were going to be stuck in for them. Uh, They got rid of the Al Horford contract for Danny Green, which is just an absolutely massive move for them. The Al Horford contract was so bad and was such a disaster for them. I never knew why they thought that was going to work. You're putting a center next to Joel Embiid, who is slow on his feet, is good as a shooter for a center, but is just average, just below average for a shooter uh, at the power forward position. It's too slow on his feet to guard the perimeter. Uh, so it definitely made a ton of sense for them to get rid of that contract. You get a guy, Danny Green, who though is very inconsistent. We saw him be incredibly inconsistent as a shooter for the Lakers last year. Uh, at the end of the day is someone who is a three and D guy. You need as many uh, guys like that alongside uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid as you can get. You get Dwight Howard off the bench, who I think could bring you some valuable minutes at the backup five position. That's something they've kind of always lacked is a really nice backup five behind out. Uh, behind Joel Embiid, uh, so I, I like that a ton. You did lose some nice guys like Alec Burks, uh, which definitely sucks because he was uh, very solid for the 76ers last year. Uh, in the draft, you get Tyrese Maxey. That's an excellent pickup for them, someone who's just going to come off the bench uh, and score the ball very well. It's going to be a, a spark plug, so I like that pick a ton. Uh, they did so many good things, and i got to give a ton of credit to Daryl Morey. Uh, this offseason was absolutely excellent uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. They did such a great job, uh, and they really dug themselves out of this hole by just getting 3 and D guys who fit their team. You get Seth Curry as well, one of the best shooters in the entire NBA. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, going to need to be hidden on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't think that's a problem at all with how much length and size and good defenders you have on this team. Uh, Tobias Harris is going to fit better because he's going to be able to play the four. Uh, I think everything just makes a lot more sense with the 76ers team, and Daryl Morey has done a phenomenal job. Uh, next and last, I got the Dallas Mavericks. I feel like their offseason is going a bit under the radar, and I feel like just as a whole... Their, uh, their team is going under the radar. I think they have done an excellent job this offseason. They have absolutely killed it. Uh, the Seth Curry trade was the perfect trade for both teams. Neither team lost that. Uh, I think both teams won that. It was great for them. Uh, you also, in the draft, 
absolutely killed it. You get Tyrell Terry in the second round, which I think is wild that a guy like Tyrell Terry slips to the second round. Someone who can really shoot the ball is one of the best shooters, um, maybe even the best shooter in the entire draft, can play make it well, can handle it. I, again, just think it's crazy he slipped that low. That is ridiculous to me. Uh, You also get... Uh, Tyler Bay, a 3 and D wing, who is really impressive on the defensive side of the ball. Definitely has some like Jeremy Grant uh, to his game. And I think with a team like the Mavericks, who's done such a good job of developing over the years, he can unlock the potential that he has. I think that's an excellent trade. You get Josh Richardson in the Seth Curry trade. Another 3 and D guy helps you on the defensive side of the ball, which you desperately needed. You get Josh Green with your first round pick. Just another 3 and D wing who's going to slash to the basket, who's going to get catch-and-shoot threes uh, in the corner. Definitely needs to work on his three-point shooting and become more consistent at that. And I think with the Mavericks, where he's going to be set up by Luka Doncic, he's going to be put in the best place uh, possible by Luke Carlisle, uh, Rick Carlisle. I think that's a perfect fit. And the Mavericks just had a great offseason. I think they improved a ton. I think they're uh, nearly a top five team in the league now, which is a pretty uh, bold opinion for me. But I'm just so high on this Mavericks team. Uh, And this offseason just adds to it. You put such a great uh, supporting cast around Luka Doncic and Chris Dasperzingis. And I think they're really going to thrive next year. Now going on to my losers. I got the Detroit Pistons first. Uh... This offseason was definitely just such a confusing one for me. And I know the guys they signed can be flipped into assets at some point. Like, someone's going to want a Jeremy Grant, even though he's being paid $20 billion a year. Someone's probably going to want a Miles, uh, a Mason Plumlee, because he's just a really nice backup center. But I'm just more confused by the direction of this team. Because in the draft, everything was looking towards uh, just full rebuild, full tank this season. You're not trying to be good. Uh, by any means, you're just trying to be bad and uh, get young assets and a really good draft tank completely. But you get Jeremy Grant, who is a really nice player, and I like Jeremy Grant a ton, uh, but it just confuses me why you'd get someone like that, especially because he's not a player who is a big-time shot creator. He's someone who thrives in a role where he is just a player who is getting catch-and-shoot opportunities, is getting cuts to the basket, and is playing good defense. And it came out that he wanted a bigger role than that. I just don't think he fits in a role like that. Uh, And then you get Mason Plumlee, a really solid backup center who's going to help winning basketball. When you already have a bit of a logjam in the front court, you got Sekou Deboya, you got Blake Griffin coming back, you drafted Isaiah Stewart, you drafted Sadiq Bey who can play the four, you just have a lot of players there. You also signed Jaleel for another player in the front court. You're making such a logjam at the front court. And then you get rid of your like most promising asset in the front court uh, in Christian Wood. You just let him go to the Houston Rockets, which confused me so, so much. I just don't understand that at all, why you would let someone like him just go away uh, and... Yeah, I'm just very confused by the Detroit Pistons free agency more than anything because it's not like they signed bad players on like terrible contracts, but it's more the direction than anything is uh, the confusing part because I thought they were just going to be like Killian Hayes, Sekou Deboya, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, uh, maybe 
I don't know, Zyger Smith. You guys all go out. We're going to be terrible this year. In a year, there's probably not going to be fans. It makes sense for them to do something like that. We're going to get a super high pick and a stack draft class. We can get a really, really nice player because there, there is some beasts in this draft class. This is one of the most exciting ones in a while. You can get a Jonathan Kaminga. You can get a Jalen Green. You can get a Cade Cunningham. Uh, and they're probably still going to get a higher pick, but I, I just think it makes sense for them to bottom out, uh, and I'm a little confused by the Detroit Pistons offseason. Next, I got the Denver Nuggets, and I think it's more just, it was some unfortunate things happened, because uh, the Jeremy Grant thing was completely out of their hands. They literally offered the exact same uh contract that the Detroit Pistons did and he just wanted to go there so that's completely out of their hands but at the end of the day that is a big loss for them uh, as he was so good for them in that playoff run last year uh, you did re-sign Paul Millsap which is good even though he uh, really wasn't that great last year uh, the draft was a pretty interesting one I think the RJ Hampton pick was great but I did not like the Zeke uh, Najee pick at all. I think that was a really bad pick, especially at the place they did it. Uh, and it's more just a Jeremy Grant loss than anything that's super tough for them. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit harder to replace. He was such a big piece in the playoff run. And he was the guy who was put on a lot of their uh, other team's best offensive players a lot of the time. He was put on the LeBron James. And it's not like he was stopping those guys by any means but he was doing a good job of containing him and then you lose your other best wing defender in Tory Craig who uh, is a guy who didn't play big minutes by any means but was at the at the end of the day a really solid player for them who could uh, defend and hit three so I, don't, I think it's so weird that you don't even offer him the qualifying offer like I get if he got a decent contract if you let that go but all you had to do was offer the qualifying offer and you could have got him back uh, just a lot of uh, unfortunate things that happened to the Denver Nuggets. I think their defense is going to go down a lot from last year, uh, and that's going to hurt them a ton in a stacked Western Conference where there's so many good teams. I don't know if they could get by with another year of not having good wing defense in a wing-dominated league. Like uh, Even though, obviously, the Clippers were made fun of for losing that 3-1 lead, now that without Jeremy Grant, man, you're going to get cooked by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George if they actually come to play uh, this season. You're going to be cooked by LeBron James. You're going to be destroyed by Luka Doncic. There's just so many wings uh, that are so good in this Western Conference, and that's what worries me the most about the Denver Nuggets going into the season. So they're definitely a loser free agency for me. Next, I got the Pacers. Uh, and it's not because of the moves they made. It's more the moves they didn't make. Uh, I feel like with the whole Victor Oladipo situation, which is so weird, it, it's so confusing because one day he wanted to leave, one day he wanted to stay. He was, I guess he was talking to uh, teammates on other teams and saying he wanted to go there, but he's saying that was fake. And, I mean, obviously he's going to say that's fake because that's a really bad look for him. Uh and I think there's just going to be a lot of tension within that locker room. You also had the rumors that Miles Turner wanted out, uh, and he didn't get traded. You had the whole Gordon Hayward situation where it looked like Gordon Hayward was going to be part of the Pacers. I think there's going to be a lot of tension within that team. And in the Eastern Conference, that's improving a lot. They continue to stagnate and be the same team. And they're going to be good every single year. They're going to make the playoffs, but... 
I think until they make an actual move, they're just not going to go anywhere. And it, it made sense for this to be the offseason where they made the uh, move because it seemed like there was tension within those guys. It seems like they wanted out. Uh, and yet again, you just kind of do nothing and stay complacent with being a solid enough team uh, and kind of just going nowhere. So I think the Pacers should have made a move. Uh, I kind of understand the Victor Oladipo thing, even though I would have wanted them to trade him. His value was probably uh, almost as low as it's going to get. But even with like Miles Turner, I would have liked to see him move. I would like to see Sabonis be the full-time five because that's where I think he could really be unlocked where he has all the space. Because Miles Turner could shoot, but... At the end of the day, he's a big. He's not a. He's not a wing. He's not like. It's not like if you had T.J. Warren next to Sabonis, where you have a true, a guy who's really just going to be out on the wing and in the corner. Uh, Miles Turner is still going to clog up the space sometimes. So I think you're going to have a lot of the same issues that you've had uh, with that front court, and you're going to have a lot of tension within that locker room. So definitely uh, are giving the Pacers a loss. They didn't make any bad moves, but it's more that they didn't make any moves. Next, I got the Houston Rockets, and this one's really weird because I actually like love basically all the moves they did make. I love the Christian Wood signing. I think that's absolutely excellent for them. I think he's going to be a most approved player candidate, have a great season with the Houston Rockets. Love the boogie signing as well. Really hope he bounces back. It's uh, been a rough couple years for boogie. I'm just hoping the best for him. Uh, but it's more that I think there's, it's going to be similar to the Pacers, but even worse because these players officially requested trades. Like James Harden didn't actually do it, but you had the whole Brooklyn Nets thing, which was a big thing for a couple days. Then Russell Westbrook literally just requested a trade. So there's going to be a lot, and I mean a lot of tension in that locker room. And if you were going to keep those guys, which it looks like they're doing, why the hell did you trade Robert Covington? The perfect player alongside James Harden and Russell Westbrook. If you had a starting lineup of Russell Westbrook, uh, James Harden, um, maybe, uh, I don't know, like Ben McLemore, uh, uh, and then you had... Uh, Robert Covington at the four, and then Christian Wood at the five. That would be such a nice lineup. Uh, all those guys can shoot, have some good defenders as well. So it just really confuses me why they would trade someone like Robert Covington if they were going to keep James Harden and Russell Westbrook. If they weren't, that would make complete sense. You get draft assets for a guy that's on a flippable contract. It would make a lot of sense. Now, with the moves they made, it's really, really confusing me. Uh, it looks like they were just trying to save money, and again, I thought that meant they were going to trade those two guys. You also get uh, rid of Jeff Green, who I think was a really nice asset for them uh, last year. He was uh, very nice uh, at the small ball five and at the four as well. Uh, he was hitting his threes, playing good defense, playing some of the best basketball of his career, to be honest. So I think it's really weird that you let him go for basically the vet minimum. Uh, if you're trying to be a good team, you let go of a player that was impactful for you. Uh, it's just very, very confusing stuff from the Houston Rockets. Uh, it seemed like they were going in a direction, and then they just completely changed the direction. Confused me a ton. Uh, I definitely have to give them one of the losers of the offseason. Next and last loser, we got the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it was a pretty similar situation to the Denver Nuggets, where it's kind of just uh, unfortunate what happened to them. They lost uh, two very valuable big men. I think the 
uh, Serge Ibaka loss is absolutely massive. He was a huge piece for them, especially against the Boston Celtics in that series. Uh, and that's just a really, really uh, tough loss to see. I kind of expected it to happen, but obviously you don't want it to happen. Uh, you also lose Marcus Saul, who wasn't great for you last year, especially in the playoffs. But it's still a guy who's going to be valuable, uh, especially just what he brings uh, with his IQ and as a leader. So that's definitely a big loss for them. You did re-sign Fred Van Vliet, which I think is massive. Uh, it does limit them in flexibility for next offseason, though, which I thought they were going to try and keep. Uh, but you do get your guy, someone who you got undrafted, you've developed into being a really good player. And I think Fred Van Vliet is going to continue to be great for them. I do like the Aaron Bain signing. Uh, it's not going to make up for those bigs. Uh, that they lost at all, but I do like it. Someone who could shoot the ball like both of those big men were able to do. Someone who could play defense. Uh, you get Alex Len as well, who's whatever. You re-sign Chris Boucher, who will definitely be in a bigger role. And with the Raptors' ne- next man up mentality that they've had for years now, I think he'll fill that role pretty well. Uh, it's just kind of what they do. Uh, and it's just more that they lost some big players. Uh, they didn't do terrible, but they definitely didn't do great by any means. Uh, and, yeah, they lost valuable players that were uh, big parts of their rotation. So I had to give them a loser for that. Definitely don't think it was really their fault, but at the end of the day, I had to give them the loss. Next, I'll be grading every team's 2020 NBA offseason, including the draft, including free agency. So first, starting off with the Atlanta Hawks, I gave them an A-. Uh, I did talk about the Hawks uh, in last episode and the very interesting position they are in, uh, and it's definitely a factor from their offseason. They made a lot of moves that were very unexpected, and I do think at a certain point they may have too many good players, especially with how young a lot of those guys are. I think some of those guys will be left out of the development, and especially when you have more uh, projects like uh, Cam Reddish, who showed some really good signs but was also really bad at points last year. Uh, and you're going to have a lot of guys above him. I think that's a little bit concerning for me. Uh, But at the end of the day, you got good guys who are going to help you win basketball. They're probably going to be a playoff team next year. Uh, Danilo Gallinari has agreed that he's going to come off the bench, which I think is big for them, even though you are paying $20 million for a bench player. Uh, He's going to be really good off that bench. You also get Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, who's going to be really nice for them, someone who's going to score the ball. He's going to be a secondary playmaker, secondary uh, ball handler as well. Love that fit alongside Trey Young, even though he isn't a great defender. I think they're just going to go absolutely all in on offense and be a ridiculous offensive team while probably struggling on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so I definitely like the Hawks offseason. Love their picking on Yeko Kongwu uh, because at the end of the day, uh, a big like uh, the one they have is very replaceable. Clint Capella is just a fine player, and uh, I think he's going to be nice alongside Trey Young because he's going to catch the lobs, he's going to play defense, and he's going to get rebounds, all the things you need a big to do, especially alongside a guy like Trey Young. But Onyeka Kongwu can be a guy who expands his game to be a lot more than that. He's And in the beginning of his career, he's probably going to do that, but he's going to be a guy who I think can expand uh, his shot out to the three-point line. I think he could hopefully playmake at some point and be a bit of a ball handler. Uh, And if they develop him right, he could be a Bam at a bio type of player. I'm not going to put that expectation on him because Bam is a really, really good player. Uh, And and that's a lot to expect out of a rookie in a weak draft class. Like, there's a reason he wasn't a super consensus guy because he's not a Bam at a bio. But he has that similar mold, and I think they could develop him into that. And uh, definitely gave... 
Uh, the Hawks a good offseason, gave them an A minus. Could have a product of uh, having too many pl- good players, very similar to uh, like the Boston Celtics, but uh, I do like the players they got, and I still think they should get a good grade. Uh, next, I do have the Boston Celtics, and I gave them a C. I just think their offseason was pretty all right. Uh, I love the Tristan Thompson signing. That was someone I wanted uh, last year as well. I was hoping he was going to get bought out so the Celtics could get him, but uh, instead they just got him in free agency. I think the Jeff Teague signing is also solid as well, get a, a decent enough backup point guard. Losing Gordon Hayward definitely does hurt. It's at the end of the day, they were a better team when he was healthy and playing his best basketball. But the injuries are just so worrying about Gordon Hayward that I'm glad we, we didn't re-sign him to a long-term big contract uh, because I'm just worried the injuries are going to get to him, especially with him being a 30-year-old player. I uh, wish we could have got some value out of him. Uh, and I guess it's still up in the air if the Hornets and Celtics are doing a sign-in trade because uh, the Celtics are trying to get a trade accepted, which I think would be massive and would definitely uh, improve their offseason if they could get a trade exception and could get another valuable player uh, by using that and maybe some picks for a young player. Uh, but yeah, I just think the offseason was pretty all right. Uh, I loved the pick of Aaron Nesmith. Did not like the pick of Peyton Pritchard at all, especially when you had guys like Desmond Bain, Tyler Bay, Tyrell Terry available. Didn't didn't like that pick. Uh, but still a solid enough offseason for the Celtics, and I just think they did decent. Uh, next, I gave the Brooklyn Nets a B. I think they made some uh, very decent moves. I do uh, like them getting Landry Shamit for sure, a uh, guy who can just come in and shoot the ball very well for them, uh, and it's going to do nothing really outside of that. Uh, they just did solid. They didn't make any crazy moves, but didn't make any bad moves either, and I think it's more that they just I need to let their team uh, develop, let that chemistry develop. You also get Bruce Brown, who I think is a really good uh, uh uh, acquisition for them you get someone who's going to shoot threes he's a very good defender you absolutely need that you also uh, resign uh, Joe Harris to a long-term contract which it's a lot of money and you could consider an overpay but he's a really nice player for them so I think that was huge you also get Jeff Green who I absolutely love that signing that's excellent for them uh, and you didn't really lose much you lose a guy like Garrett Temple who uh, though being a good locker room guy for them for sure didn't really bring anything on the court uh, and yeah it's a great uh offseason for the Brooklyn Nets they did very very solid that's why I gave them a B next I gave the Charlotte Hornets a B minus I think the Lamella ball pick was phenomenal uh, I love them getting a guy who can truly be a franchise guy could end up being a bust as well uh but has a super high ceiling and is at the end of the day he's gonna bring fans to that stadium and he's gonna bring some excitement to the Charlotte Hornets that they've haven't had in so so long. You get Gordon Hayward, who though it's definitely an overpay, big big time overpay. Uh, at the end of the day, you're getting a solid basketball player who could help you win games, even if it is an overpay. Uh, he's gonna be a guy who's probably gonna average a solid like. 18 5 and 5 for them he's going to be really nice alongside the mellow ball uh so even though it is an overpay you're getting a good basketball player which you should for the hornets especially because who are the hornets going to get like no one's going to be like oh let i'm going to go sign with the the charlotte hornets like no one does that uh, so getting someone like Gordon Hayward who can at least help you win uh, i think makes a ton of sense for them uh and 
and it was just a solid enough offseason. Uh, I didn't like some of their, like, second-round picks, but that's kind of whatever. I didn't like, like, the Vernon Carey pick, but who cares? That's a second-rounder. did like the Grant Riller pick, uh, and I think they just had a very uh, decent offseason. Next, I gave the Chicago Bulls a C. I'm still mixed on the Patrick Williams uh, pick. I definitely think he can be very good for the Bulls. Um, but I'm also just a little confused uh, why they drafted him when they have Larry Markkinen. Uh, but maybe they just don't think Larry Markkinen is that guy. They do have uh, new people in the front office. So maybe those people don't believe in Larry Markkinen. Uh and they also let go of a guy like Chris Dunn, who I think they should have kept. A really nice backup defensive point guard. But they did get Devon uh, Dotson out of uh, undrafted free agency, which I think is a really uh, good signing for them. Someone who I was super surprised uh, didn't get drafted, but he can kind of fill that role uh, that Chris Dunn did. And then you also uh, really just didn't do much in free agency. Uh, didn't make any bad signings, but you literally only... Uh, he literally only made one signing that didn't mean anything, so it was just it was just a cool offseason for the Bulls. That gave them a C because they didn't really improve, didn't really get worse. It was just decent for them. Uh, next, I gave the Cavaliers a C plus. I did like their draft. Uh, I like the Isaac Okoro pick quite a lot. Uh, the more and more I think about it, it's like you get a really good defensive wing next to two guards who are not going to be good on defense. Uh, so I think that was super important for them. Really didn't make like any moves at all in free agency. They, I think they probably made the least moves uh, out of any team to be honest. Like them and the Bulls really didn't make any moves uh, in free agency at all. Like the Bulls only signed Garrett Temple and uh, the Cavaliers only got what Javale McGee. Uh, and I don't think they really did anything else. So. It was definitely a bit of an underwhelming offseason. I would have liked them to even just take a flyer on someone like uh, someone like Josh Jackson who signed with the Pistons. I would even like to see them do something like that. Uh, they did sign Damian Dotson, who will be a nice shooter off the bench for them. Uh, and they got JaVale McGee, who can be a solid enough backup center, especially with the loss of Tristan Thompson. And I don't know what they're going to do with Ante Zizek. Uh, so, I mean, it was a fine offseason for the Cavaliers. Just didn't really do much of anything. Next, I gave the Dallas Mavericks an A. I already talked about them in the winners category. I just think they did a phenomenal job. Killed it in the draft. All three of their draft picks, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, and Tyler Bay, are phenomenal uh, picks for them. You get two guys in uh, Tyler Bay and Josh Green who are really, really good 3 and D wings. Uh, perfect fits alongside Luka Doncic. They're both just going to stand in the corner, cut to the basket, and play really hard on the defense side of the ball. So I think that's absolutely perfect. Uh, and then you get someone in uh, Tyrell Terry who can be a really good shooter for them. Reminds me a ton of Seth Curry so he can come in and fit that role. You trade for Josh Richardson, another 3 and D guy alongside Luka. And those type of players are always going to uh, thrive around, alongside Luka. So absolutely perfect uh, offseason for the Dallas Mavericks. They did a lot with not uh, much flat flexibility. So I'm uh, really happy with uh, their offseason. Next, I gave the Nuggets a C. Uh, the Jeremy Grant lost was definitely a big one. Uh, definitely hurt a ton. I do like them uh, signing a guy like Jermichael Green to replace that, though. Uh, that is a very solid replacement, but he's not going to make up for losing a guy like Jermichael. Uh, a guy like Jeremy Grant. Uh, their draft was just decent. I 
liked the, the RJ Hampton pick, didn't like the Zeke Naji pick, uh, and they really didn't do much else. They re-signed Paul Millsap, uh, which was solid. They uh, re-signed Bo Bol Bol as well. Uh, I think he may be playing some impactful minutes for them at some point. It was just an all-right offseason for them, but uh, didn't improve in an offseason where so many teams, specifically in the Western Conference, are improving. So that's why I only gave them a C. Could have even been worse, but uh, they're still a solid enough team, so I just gave them that C, which is just pretty average. Next, I gave the Pistons a D+. I'm just confused by the direction they're going in. I thought they were going to go in a completely tanking direction, but then they signed players who, at the end of the day, can help them win games. Uh but aren't going to be like good enough where they're going to be making a playoff push by any mean. Uh, I wish they would have just done more things like they did with like the Josh Jackson signing, where you're taking flyers on young guys who may be uh, bad, but also have the potential to be something. Uh, it's just a little bit confusing what they're doing at the end of the day. Uh, I like their draft. Didn't like the Isaiah Stewart pick, but I love the Killian Hayes pick. Love the Sadiq Bay pick. Uh, they let grow Christian Wood, which I think is a big loss for them. I thought next, uh, I thought this year Christian Wood was going to really break out as part of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I think I thought he was going to be like an year All Star level player. I thought he was going to be phenomenal for them, but uh, they just let him go and on not a huge contract. Like I think they easily could have matched that, but they wanted to make those signings in Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley. So I'm just not a big fan of that. Uh, next, I got the Golden State Warriors at a B plus. Uh, it's it's just kind of weird because they did uh, lose Clay Thompson with an injury, but obviously that doesn't uh, count to their uh, count to their free agency. Uh, love the Kelly Oubre trade. I think that's phenomenal. You get uh, you only trade him for uh, top twenty protected pick that turns into two seconds. Uh, I think they did really good in the draft as well. Uh, Nico Mannion was a really good pick at 48. You get uh, Justanian Jessup, who's a really good shooter at 51. You get James Wiseman at 2, who's going to be a really solid just uh, run and dunk center for you. He's going to play good defense and hopefully can expand his game at some point. Uh, they didn't really lose any uh, players actually to free agency, so I think they did a great job. Uh, I just wish Clay Thompson was there because that would make their offseason uh, even better and make them much more of a threat, but he's obviously not unfortunate for them. Next, they gave the Rockets a C plus. It's just a very weird thing because I actually love the signings that they made. Uh, I think the Christian Wood signing, great. Boogie signing, great. Uh, but they did lose Jeff Green, who I'm surprised they just let go for basically nothing. Uh, and then I'm really confused why you traded Robert Covington for the uh, assets you did when you planned on keeping James Harden, Russell Westbrook. And I don't know why you're keeping James Harden, Russell Westbrook when there's going to be a lot uh, of tension between those two. Uh, well, not even between those two, but just in the team as a whole. So it's a really, really weird thing because I think they made good moves uh, in free agency, but I think they made a bad trade, let go of some uh, decent role players for them, and then kept two players who clearly don't want to be there. Uh, next, I gave the Clippers an A-. minus. I absolutely love the Serge Ibaka signing. I think that's phenomenal for them. I think that's an upgrade for Montrez Harrell, especially for their team needs. That's such a perfect fit for them, getting a guy uh, like Serge Ibaka. Great, great uh, stuff from them there. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, the Lakers are still a better team, and they improved more. So that's why the Clippers uh, aren't like one of the biggest winners of the offseason, because they had a 
very good offseason. I like them getting Luke Kennard as well. They only had to trade Landry Shamit to get a better player in Luke Kennard, who I also think fits better because he's a better playmaker. But they didn't address their issue at the point guard position. Uh, they need a playmaker desperately. I would have loved to see them trade for a guy like Ricky Rubio but they didn't do that clearly. Uh, and I think that's still going to be a big hole for them next year. And I think they're still going to have a lot of the same exact problems that they had last year, especially if they keep relying on Paul George and Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard to hit these tough shots and they, they don't have a facilitator to get guys easy shots. Next, I gave the Lakers an A+. Very self-explanatory. They just got way better after winning a championship. Got the two top six man of the year candidates. Uh, and only had to get rid of uh, Danny Green in a first-round pick. Signed Montrez Harrell in free agency. It's got guys who could fit with their team. Wesley Matthews did lose some nice players that were good for them last year, uh, but they got players who are better than that. I also got Marcus All as well. Uh, just the Lakers absolutely killed it. Uh, next, I gave the Grizzlies an A. I think they did phenomenal on this free agency. This front office is really, really smart. They had so many years where they were just fine. Uh, they were kind of holding on to the whole grit and grind team. But they've uh, really gone all in on this youth movement, and I think they've killed it. The Desmond Bain pick, absolutely excellent stuff from them. A 3 and D uh, guy who... Uh, is older and isn't probably going to improve a ton, but what he is now is already a very, very uh, nice player. You re-signed D'Anthony Melton, who was very valuable for you last year uh, as a defensive uh, guard. You get Killian Tilly in uh, undrafted free agency. That is excellent from them. That is such a good uh, signing. Someone who, though... Uh, I understood going undrafted has a lot of potential. It's just the injuries that really killed him uh, and killed his draft stock completely. He is a lottery level talent. He's a big who can shoot the ball like crazy shot. Uh, basically 40% from three every year in college can handle it a little bit as well. Can post up smaller guards is solid on the defense side of the ball. He's just such a nice player. So them getting him an undrafted free agency is excellent. And they'd continue to do a great job of pushing this youth movement uh, and are making a really, really nice team over there. Next, I gave the uh, Miami Heat an A. They just made a lot of really smart moves. Uh, getting a guy like Avery Bradley is excellent for them. Someone who fits that culture uh, completely. You uh, you just get a lot of guys who are going to be really nice for that team. The Precious Achua pick was really good uh, as well. I'm not a big fan of his game, but specifically with the Heat, uh, I like that a lot more. You get uh, Mo Harkless, who can be a really good 3 and D wing off the bench. You get Paul Uboa out of undrafted free agency. And then you retain most of your important players. Basically, the only really important player you lost was uh, Jay Crowder. You did lose Derek Jones Jr. as well, but he didn't really play big minutes for them. Uh, and even though the Jay Crowder loss does suck, uh, you still get a, uh, players that can replace him. And uh, the Heat are just going to do what they always do, have players step up. Uh, and I love their offseason. They uh, did a great job yet again. Next, I gave the Bucks an A. Uh, I feel like they did such a good job of getting players who can really help Giannis Adonikupo, uh and convince him to stay, which at the end of the day is their most important thing, is getting their superstar player uh, to stay with their team. Drew Holiday is such a nice pickup for them. Uh, you also get uh, shooters off the bench. Get guys like Bobby Portis. Uh, get guys like uh, Bryn Forbes, Torrey Craig, uh, 
Brid Forbes can just be a really nice uh, guard who can come in and score some explosive uh, points for them at times. You get Torrey Craig, a 3 and D wing. Uh, they just made a really a lot of really smart moves. Uh, it does hurt that they didn't get Bogdan Bogdanovich, but other than that, I feel like they had a nearly perfect offseason. Next, I gave the Timberwolves a B plus. Uh, I think they just did very solid. I love their draft. Uh, they made a lot of really nice uh, picks in that. The Anthony Edwards pick made complete sense. Though LaMelo Ball definitely has a higher ceiling. Uh, Anthony Edwards has a much higher floor. I think he's going to uh, perfectly fill in at that shooting guard position for them. They also retained um, Malik Beasley, which I think is good. Uh, he showed some really nice signs for them last year, and he was having a bit of a weird like legal situation. Uh, but hopefully that's... Um, out of the way now because if he's just on the court playing basketball i think he's going to be a very solid player for them and they got him on a pretty good contract uh and then in the draft you get an anthony edwards you get a Jaden mcdaniels you get a Le- uh, leandro barmarlo like you did a great job in the draft you have so many nice just athletic wings uh, and guys who can uh, be versatile play multiple positions you also get ricky rubio back who i think is going to be a really good leader for them uh, and is going to be someone who is very valuable even if he's not playing big time minutes and even if he's not uh, playing excellent basketball i think just what he brings more off the court is more valuable than anything uh, and i think they did a very very solid job in this free agency next uh i got the new orleans pelicans i just gave them a c plus uh, I feel like they did a solid job. You got a ton of value out of Drew Holiday, which is very good for them. Uh, you get Steven Adams, who definitely is a bit of a weird fit, but at the end of the day is a solid player uh, and can play some good minutes at the center position. It's going to do all the uh, traditional things that a center does. Uh, you re-sign Brandon Ingram, which was an obvious move, but is important for them. The draft was a little bit weird. Uh, Kyra Lewis is a point guard, but I do think he can play alongside Lonzo Ball. I'm starting to like that pick more and more every day, even though it's still not my favorite pick. Uh, I do like getting a scoring guard alongside Lonzo. Uh, and Yeah, you got a good return for Drew Holiday. They made some solid moves. Uh, and it was just a decent offseason for them. Would have liked to see them go a little bit more all in and try and uh, be like a solidified playoff team because they very, very well can miss the playoffs. And I probably have them missing the playoffs. Uh, but uh, they just had a cool offseason. Uh, next, I gave the Knicks a B minus. They didn't do anything special by any means. But honestly, them just not making any bad moves is more important than anything. Because they have consistently made so many bad moves. Uh, but you just get solid players like Alec Burks, who isn't going to do anything that stands out to you by any means. But it's just going to be a player who shoots threes, can handle the ball a little bit, can score off the dribble. You get Nerlens Noel, who could be a backup center. Uh, you get like five first, uh, five second round picks by uh, like trading uh, for some bad contracts uh, like Ed Davis. You get Obi Toppin. Uh, who I think is going to be really solid for them as a rookie, is going to be someone who can come in and play uh, a media winning basketball. Definitely like that pick uh, a lot, especially where he was. Uh, I think it made a ton of sense. It was uh, basically the only pick that made just perfect sense for them to do. Uh, and they did a pretty good job in the offseason. Would have liked to see them not retain Alfred Payton, because that's another guy in that roster who can't shoot. Uh, and I think they just need to get as many shooters as possible. But they didn't do anything great. But it's the Knicks, so them just not doing anything bad uh, is very surprising. 
Next, I got the Oklahoma City Thunder at an A minus. I liked basically every move they made, except for the Kelly Oubre trade. I feel like they should have just kept out uh, Kelly Oubre. Or if they traded him, they could have got more value. Like a top 20 protected first round pick for the Warriors really doesn't mean much. So definitely would have liked to see them get more out of Kelly Oubre. Uh, and, uh, but other than that, I feel like they did solid. They uh, got rid of Steven Adams. They got a pick. Uh, they got rid of basically all their good players for picks. Uh, and even though they're going to be a terrible team next year, I think that's good for them. In a stack 2021 class, it makes sense for you to just get uh, as many assets as possible. I wish they uh, could have done a sign-and-trade for Danilo Gallinari. But obviously, that's not their fault because at the end of the day, sign-and-trades has to be agreed on by the player as well. Uh, but they did a very good job in the offseason. I just only didn't like the Kelly Oubre move. But other than that, everything else was great. Uh, next, I got the Orlando Magic at a B minus. Really liked uh, the Cole Anthony pick. I'm not super high on Cole Anthony, uh, but I do think he has a lot of potential, and especially with a team like the Magic, where he can be fully unlocked as a guy who can uh, just be a big time uh, shot creator and shot maker for them. He's gonna have all the free reigns in the world. Uh, I like that a lot. They really didn't make it, like any moves at all in free agency. Like they resigned Jay Mena. James Ennis, they signed Dwayne Bacon, they re-signed Michael Carter-Williams, they re-signed Gary Clark, they really didn't do anything else, uh, but I like the Cole Anthony pick quite a lot, uh, and hopefully that can finally be a guard who can really score the ball and shoot the ball for them, because they've been lacking that for years now. Next, I gave this uh, 76ers an A, uh, I just had to give them that A, they uh, absolutely killed it, I think they did a phenomenal job in the draft with the Tyrese Maxey pick, uh, the trade uh, of getting Seth Curry, a guy who fits perfectly along slide Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is perfect. You get rid of the Al Horford contract, which was a big deal for them. And then you uh, get Danny Green in return, which is perfect uh, as well. You get someone who could be a 3 and D wing. Uh, and I just absolutely love what the Philadelphia 76ers did. I like uh, getting Dwight Howard as a backup center. Even getting a guy like Tony Bradley as a third string center. Uh, if Joel Embiid's injured, uh, I like that quite a lot as well. Uh, it's just a really, really good stuff from them. Would have liked to, to see them retain a guy like Alec Burks, but that's basically my only gripe with their free agency. Almost everything else they did perfectly and dug themselves out of a really ugly position. Next, I gave the Phoenix Suns an A-. minus. I absolutely love the Chris Paul trade. Uh, they didn't give up a crazy amount of value. Kelly Oubre was out for the bubble, and they were so good in that. Uh, even though he's a nice player, I think he was replaceable for them. Uh, I like the Jalen Smith pick. wasn't like my favorite pick by any means, but I think it, it was still pretty solid. Uh, they just made a lot of uh, very nice moves that can help out that team. Uh, they're obviously uh, trying to be a playoff team. They're trying to uh, make Devin Booker happy and make sure he's uh, not going to leave that team. And I think they're doing absolutely everything they can uh, to do that. They did lose uh, Aaron Baines, which uh, hurt for sure, as he was a really nice backup center for them. But I think... Uh, I think Jalen Smith can play that role. You get Tyshawn Alexander out of undrafted free agency, which is an excellent move for them. You also retain Javon Carter, who was really nice for them last year. So they basically did everything perfectly. Got to give a ton of credit to the Phoenix Suns, and that's why I think they deserve an A-. minus. Next, I got the Portland Trailblazers at an A+. I mean, they just had basically the pitcher-perfect offseason. You get Robert Covington, an absolutely perfect player. Uh, with this team they needed three and d wings so desperately i love the uh, harry giles signing as someone who 
though has had a disappointing career so far, is someone who still has potential. The C.J. Ellaby pick was solid. Rodney Hood uh, getting re-signed was big for them. You get Derek Jones Jr., who can be an athletic defender off your bench. Uh, you get Carmelo Anthony back, who uh, was big in the locker room for them. They just did absolutely everything perfectly. They're a much better team than last year. I expect them to be uh, very, very solid, and uh, I just love their offseason. Next, I got the Kings uh, at a B+. Plus. Uh, I love their draft. I think they had one of the most underrated drafts and easily one of the best uh, drafts. You get Tyrese Halliburton, uh, you get uh, Jamius Ramsey, and you get Robert Woodard all in the same draft. And you get those uh, last two guys with second-round picks when I had them both as first-round values and I had them projected going in the first round. I think that's amazing for you. But the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation is why it's this low because that whole situation was a mess. Uh, and yet again, the Kings are a mess of a franchise. They lose a really valuable player. And now I'm I'm just also confused because you uh, got Buddy Heald so mad by starting Bogdan over him. And now you just let Bogdan walk. So Buddy Heald is uh, frustrated. And he's still on your team as well. Uh, and you... And he was frustrated because you started Bogdan over him. You did retain uh, De'Aaron Fox long-term, which I think is great. They're franchise player. I love De'Aaron Fox a ton. Um, but, yeah, the whole Bogdan situation and then uh, what that also meant for uh, Buddy Heald really, really confused uh, me. And that's why they are uh, where they are, even though they killed it in the draft. Next, I got the San Antonio Spurs. I gave them a B plus. Uh, I think they did an excellent job in the draft. Uh, the pick... Uh, of Trey Jones in the second round was really nice, but you also made an excellent first round pick. You killed it in the first round, getting, uh, getting a what is his name? I don't know why his name is blanking my mind right now, but you got a really really nice player uh, in the draft. Let me go to my draft big board. You get Devin Vassell, yeah, uh, who I think is an amazing pick for them, a three and D wing who. Uh, can also expand his game to being more than that. Uh, I think he could be a player who fits like a Chris Middleton uh, type of role sometime, who's never going to be a number one guy on a team, but can be a nice supporting piece. So getting him that low, uh, I think they got him at number 11, I'm pretty sure. That's a, an amazing pick for them. They really didn't do anything in free agency, though, which I would have liked to see them do. Uh, I would have liked to just see them make a move because uh, I feel like they're continuously in the state of just being a solid team, uh, but... Uh, nothing more really basically all they did was re-sign Jakob Podol which I mean I guess is cool but I uh, would have liked to see them do more in free agency but the draft alone uh, makes me give them a pretty high grade next I got the uh, Toronto Raptors at a B minus uh, I feel like they had a decent free agency but nothing great uh, they did lose two valuable big men uh, that's definitely for sure but they did re-sign uh, Fred Van Vliet, which is uh, big for them. He was so valuable on the team last year. I think they uh, did a great job in the draft as well. Uh, got a guy who can be a uh, backup point guard uh, behind Fred Van Vliet for uh, a long, long time, especially as uh, Kyle Lowry continues to get older, continues to regress. Uh, getting someone uh, like... Uh, uh, like a Malachi Flynn, I think is absolutely excellent for them. Really good player in the pick and roll, uh, shoots the ball well. Reminds me a lot of Fred VanVleet actually, so that's kind of funny that they got him. Uh, and they did get Aaron Baines as well, who I think could be a decent replacement big for them. Uh, but just losing those bigs definitely hurt. On uh, they're probably going to uh, drop off a little bit as as a team, uh, just due to the natural 
regression of the older players and then losing some very valuable pieces. Uh, next, I got the Utah Jazz at a B plus. I really like them retaining Jordan Clarkson for a longer term contract, and they didn't really have to give up uh, that much uh, in terms of money to uh, resign him. It was four years, fifty two, only thirteen million dollars a year to get a, a guy who's a really good six man off the bench for you. You also get uh, Derek Favors, who I think could be a really nice backup big for you yet again. Uh, he was really nice when he was. Uh, on that team, and he could play some just valuable minutes at that back of five. You get Elijah Hughes in the draft, which I think was an excellent pick, uh, a guy who can just come off the bench and be an electric score. Didn't like the Yudoka Azubuke pick, though. Uh, someone who is still very, very raw on the on the offensive side of the ball. Has a lot of really nice physical tools, but only shot about 40% for the free throw line. Uh, doesn't have any shot outside of the restricted area. Can't play make. Uh, can't really post up. Uh, that well because he doesn't have many moves, doesn't have a face-up game. It's just a really raw athlete, so it kind of confuses me why they picked him, especially because they're a team that's trying to win right now. Uh, but, I mean, it was a cool offseason. I like the Derek Favors signing. I like that they got Donovan Mitchell uh, back. I like that they got Jordan Clarkson back. Uh, but they just didn't do anything crazy. Solid offseason for them, though. And lastly, I got the Washington Wizards at a B plus. Uh, I think they did a great job in the draft. Getting Denny of Dia was a really, really nice pick for them. Uh, someone who I was super surprised slipped that low. Uh, but they did uh, probably overpay uh, Davis Bertans a little bit, even though I think it still makes sense for them to give him a big contract because he's a really nice player who can shoot the hell out of the balls. One of the best shooters in the entire league, uh, especially considering uh, he's a big uh, but they really just didn't do uh, much else. Did a great job in the draft. Probably overpaid uh, Davis Bertans, signed Robin Lopez, signed Raul Nato. Like, they, they didn't do much, but it was still a solid offseason for them, and I I love their draft so much. That's why I gave them a pretty high grade. I want to take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about my uh, post-free agency NBA team power rankings. Okay, I'm back to talk about my post-free agency team power rankings. First, starting off with number 30, I got the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they're going to be really bad next year, but honestly, that's a good thing. I'm excited to see the development of young players like Shagos Alexander, like Luen Stort, uh, like Darius Baisley. I like a lot of pieces on that roster, but at the end of the day, they just don't have much talent. They're going into in a taking direction. They're going to get a high pick, and I think that makes complete sense for them. Uh, at 29, I got the Pistons. They're uh, a team that does have uh, some nice pieces, but I don't think they just have that guy who really stands out on the team. Uh, they have uh, players like Jeremy Grant, who they signed, Mason Plumley. They have some rookies that I like quite a lot, but I feel like we'll be seeing a lot of young guys be getting big minutes, and even though they have potential and they'll be nice in the future, they're not going to be good players right now, and they're not going to be impactful to winning basketball, so that's why I have them this low. 28, I got the Cleveland Cla uh, Cavaliers. At the end of the day, their roster just really doesn't have uh, that much talent on it. They do have those uh, two guards who are uh, very interesting. I think this is the season where they have to choose uh, which guard they're going to build around going into the future because I just don't think those two guys can play next to each other. I did like their draft. I like the Isaac Okoro pick quite a lot. I think he'd be a really nice wing for them. Uh, but they're just a team that doesn't really have uh, much They have some uh, nice players that could be good at some point. Uh, I really... I uh, wish they could get rid of a guy like Kevin Love, who's just been stuck there for uh, these past couple of years now. And, yeah, the Cavaliers are just kind of, eh. 
Uh, 27, I got the New York Knicks. They actually do have some uh, pieces on their roster, like quite a lot. I really like Mitchell Robinson as a center who's ridiculously athletic, can block shots like crazy, and can catch lobs. I like RJ Barrett more than a lot of people do. I think he can be an all-star level player at some point, especially if he gets more spacing around him. I think they did a great job in the draft with the Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin picks. Those were both really good. Two guys who could shoot the ball very well. Have a lot more spacing on their roster than they did last year. I like Dalek Burke signing as well. I just feel like uh, they have a much better roster than last year, and they're not going to be good by any means. I mean, I have them as the fourth worst team in the league, but they'll be solid enough. 26 out of the Bulls. It kind of hurt me to put them this low because I I've, I feel like they're actually not going to be too bad next year. But I think this just shows how talented this league is that a team like the Bulls uh, would be at 26. They have some nice pieces on their roster. I'm a big fan of Wendell Carter, uh, Zach Levine, though not being like a number one guy by any mean. Uh, any means I think he can be a solid uh, number two or three on a championship team is someone who can really uh, score the ball is an excellent shooter I like Larry Markin and uh, I like Patrick Williams uh, I like that they have Billy Donovan as their coach and they got rid of one of the worst coaches in NBA history and Jim Boylan uh, but they're still just not going to be a great team and there's so many other teams that just have more talent on their roster than them at 25 we got the Spurs uh, I think they're just not going to be that good this year. Uh, their older players are going to continue to regress. Guys like Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I hope they focus more on their young guys on that roster. I think even though Greg Popovich is one of the greatest coaches of all time, I think his philosophies are kind of getting a little outdated. Uh, they shoot way too many mid-ranges, and I just don't think they're going to be that good of a team next year, uh, and especially probably later in the season when they see uh, just how much talent there is in this draft and if when they don't have a chance to make the playoffs, I expect them to probably tank. Uh, 24 have the uh, Kings. I do like a lot of pieces on that roster, but there's just so many more teams that are way more talented than them. Like I like the Aaron Fox a ton. They had an excellent draft. Uh, but Ma- Marvin Bagley consistently has been injured throughout his entire career. I think if he's healthy, he could be a really nice player, but I can't bake on that at all when he's uh, barely playing any games. And he looks good in the games he plays, but it's just he played like 16 games this year. And that's probably why I'm this low more than anything is Marvin Bagley's health. If he, if he's healthy and if uh, him and De'Aaron Fox can make a nice duo, then I'd have them higher, but I have to have them this low. 23 at the Hornets. I think they can be a solid enough team, especially with the acquisition of a guy like Gordon Hayward. Uh, Devontae Graham's going to have another good season. I think Terry Rozier's going to be solid. I think Mel Ball's going to come in and be very solid as a rookie. Even if his efficiency is going to be probably pretty ugly, uh, he's going to be a great playmaker. Uh, and that's going to be very valuable to this team. I like P.J. Washington a ton. I like Miles Bridges. They just have a lot of uh, really nice up-and-coming players on this team. They don't have that like number one star guy, but they have a lot of guys who can play uh, meaningful and winning basketball. And I just think they'll be a scrappy team who's uh, going to be uh, decent enough. Not going to be like a playoff team by any means, but they'll have some surprising wins here and there and um, be interesting in some games. At 22, I have the uh, Timberwolves. Definitely don't think they're going to be great next year just because of how bad they are on the defensive side of the ball. I think they'll be really good on offense. I mean, they have so much talent. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the most offensively talented uh, centers we've ever seen. Uh, D'Angelo Russell will be a really good pick-and-roll mate for him. Uh, they got Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, who can both be scorers at the two-guard position. Uh, but that defense absolutely terrifies me. That's going to lose them a lot of games, even if they're scoring like 140 points they're going to be giving up a lot on the other end uh, and I also 
am not sure about their coaching either. Uh, that's why I have them this low. I'm just terrified of that defense. It's That's definitely the worst part of their team. Uh, next, I got the Magic. They've just been so boring for so many years, and I just think they're going to be eh this year yet again. The Jonathan Isaac uh, injury is definitely going to hurt them, as he was excellent for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, was an all-NBA-level def- uh, defender, and losing him just hurts so, so much. Uh, so definitely big loss for them with Jonathan Isaac, and that's going to hurt them as a team. Uh, Aaron Gordon uh, never takes that leap that I feel like he has inside him. I feel like he needs to be on another team. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is still going to be a really good offensive center, uh, and it's going to lead them to winning some games. I think Markel Fultz is going to have a good season, but at the end of the day, the Magic are just going to be a boring team again who's probably going to uh, be just near the playoffs or outside the playoffs for like the third or fourth year in a row. Next, I got the Wizards. I feel like they're going to have a bounce-back season with uh, Bradley Beal uh, and uh, John Wall in that backcourt. Defense is something that, uh, just like uh, the Timberwolves, scares me a ton about them. Uh, they actually remind me a, a lot of each other, where I think they're going to be great on the offense side of the ball, but it terrifies me on defense. I have no clue how good of a defender John Wall is going to be coming off all the injuries that he uh, did. I think he'll still be solid on the offense side of the ball, but it's more the defense that worries me. Uh, than anything, uh, and then Davis Bertans is not a good defender. Uh, Troy Brown is a solid enough defender at least, but they really just don't have the defenders on that roster to be a good team yet. Like Rui Hachimura, is, is, they just have a lot of guys who aren't terrible on that side of the ball, but are not good by any means. They're going to give up a lot of points, even if they're scoring a lot of points. They'll definitely be better than last year, but there's just a lot uh, more teams that I think are better than them. Uh, number 19, I have the Pelicans. Uh, they definitely have a lot of pieces on their roster, and I think they could boom and be a really good team next year. But I think they could be in the same in a similar range that they were to last year. That Western Conference is just so stacked, uh, and they have a, a lot of different pieces. They kind of remind me a little bit of the Hawks, where I feel like they may have too many pieces that deserve minutes. Uh, I wish they uh, would have got a shooting center alongside Zion Williamson. Obviously, Steven Adams is a good player, but uh, next to a guy like Zion, I think... Uh, it's going to diminish both of their values. Uh, I am a bit 50-50 on their coaching. Uh, I think Stan Van Gundy can be a solid coach, uh, but I'm also not sure of him being a great coach. Um, overall, this Pelican team is just decent. I just think there's a lot of teams in this Western Conference that are better than them. Uh, at number 18, I have the Atlanta Hawks. They're going to be amazing on the offense side of the ball, probably very bad on defense, but they do have a lot of pieces on those uh, on that roster who are going to be very, very good. Danilo Gallinari is going to be great for them off the bench. John Collins is going to have another good season. Trey Young is going to have another great season. Um, they're just going to be so ridiculously talented on the offensive side of the ball that I think it's going to make up for some of their uh, deficiencies on defense. I think uh, they're just better on the offensive side of the ball than teams like the Timberwolves, teams like the Wizards, and do have pieces that can be good on defense. Like John Collins isn't terrible. Clint Capella's good. DeAndre Hunter's good. Cam Reddish is good. Uh, Chris Dunn is going to be a really good defensive backup point guard. Like, they definitely have a lot of pieces on their roster. That's why I'm at 18. 17, I have the Grizzlies. I feel like they're in for a very, very solid season. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of my favorite players in the entire league. I'm absolutely in love with his game. I think he's going to be excellent next year. One of the best uh, three-point shooting big men in the entire league. Uh, it's not even uh, debate at all. I feel like he's super underrated, very good defender as well, it's, especially if he can cut down on those fouls, which has been uh, the biggest issue about his team. 
uh, about his game, I mean, is uh, he fouls a ton on defense. Uh, if you can cut that down, he's going to be a, uh, an elite defender as well as being one of the best shooting bigs in the league. John Morant's going to have a great second season. He's going to be so, so good, especially if he can through, improve as a three-point shooter. He basically doesn't really have many other massive holes to his game. Uh, probably will improve on the defense side of the ball as well. Uh, just hope he could stay healthy. Uh, and then they have a, a ton of nice uh, complimentary pieces around to uh, them with a very good coaching Taylor Jenkins I think is a very very good coach I like Jonas Valanciunas at the center position I love Brandon Clark as well to come off that bench I uh, love Desmond Bain they made a phenomenal pick at number 30 uh, they just have so many nice pieces on that roster uh, and I think they'll be a very solid team uh, next year 69 of the Pacers I think they'll just be decent next year it's going to be another year for the Pacers just being a fine team but not uh, really being anything that special uh, they have a lot of nice pieces on that roster but I'm wor I'm a little worried about the uh, Sabonis because he was uh, dealing with a pretty uh, serious foot injury that kept him out of the bubble I have no clue how good Victor Oladipo is going to be uh, I think there's going to be a lot of tension on that roster with all the rumors that were uh, swirling around about them last year and I think they'll just be a fine like seventh or eighth seed uh just kind of how they always are they're always around that range uh 15 i have the warriors the clay thompson injury just hurts so much man i was so excited to see steph and clay back out there on the floor uh but obviously that's not going to happen this year and it it really really does suck because they were going to be so much better with clay on the floor but that achilles injury is so uh, massive for them they still have pieces on the roster obviously and they have steph curry who is easily a top five player in the league for me uh but you uh, don't really have much shooting on that roster outside of Steph. Like, the shooting was already not great with Steph and Clay. So you take away a top five shooter of all time in Clay. Like, Andrew Wiggins is a fine three point shooter. Kelly Oubre is a fine three point shooter. Draymond Green's a bad three point shooter. Uh, James Wiseman is an on shooter yet. Eric Pascal is a bad shooter. Like, they really don't have much shooting on that roster. The depth isn't great either. Uh, and. I just don't know how good they'll be in the stacked Western Conference where there's so many teams that are so talent, so talented. The Warriors may struggle more than I expected next year. Uh, and even though they have a top five player, the uh, surrounding ca cast just isn't that great. At 14, I got the Phoenix Suns. I think they're in for a really good season next year. The Oh, my God, I keep hiccuping. The backcourt of Devin Booker... <laughs> Devin Booker and Chris Paul is going to be really... F oh, my God. Okay. The backcourt of Devin Booker and Chris Paul is going to be really fun to watch. DeAndre Ayton is in for a huge season, I think. I think he's going to be like a 22 and 11 guy. Chris Paul is going to be excellent with him in the pick and roll. Devin Booker is going to, going to be really good with him in the pick and roll. Those uh, young defensive wings are going to be really helpful and get a, a ton of catch-and-shoot opportunities from those guards, uh, and overall, I just really like this Phoenix Suns team, I think they're very well coached by Mo Monty Williams, oh my god, I'm dying right now, okay, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going to be really nice next year, at 13, I have the Houston Rockets, if they do end up keeping their guys, they'll be a very solid team, but I think there's going to be a lot of t turmoil within that roster, uh, I think it's going to be very awkward, but just as far as talent, they are still a really nice team, at the end of the day, they have James Harden, they have Russell Westbrook, they signed Chris, Christian Wood, they signed Boogie, like, they have nice beasts on their roster, and they're, it looks like they're going to keep those guys, so I expect them to be a very solid team still.
at 12, I have the Toronto Raptors, though they definitely got worse uh, in the offseason, losing the bigs that they did. Drafting Malachi Flynn was nice. Resigning Fred Van Vliet was big for them. And they're just so well coached and have such good organizational structure that uh, even if they're not the most talented team by any means, uh, they weren't last year either. They're still going to be a very, very solid team. It's kind of just what the Toronto Raptors do. I expect Pascal, after a terrible playoff run, to definitely improve. I expect Kyle Lowry to continue to be good every single year because it feels like he just gets better with age. He's like 35 now, and he's having some of the best years of his, of his entire career. It's crazy. And again, they just have such good coaching, such good or- organizational structure that I can always bet on them to be a very, very solid team. At number 11, I have the Utah Jazz. Uh, uh, Boshan Bogdanovich coming back for them from injury is going to be massive. He was a huge uh, piece that was missing in the playoffs. With uh, with him, they do not blow that 3-1 lead at all. A really good offensive piece, uh, near 20-point score that's going to come back. Great three-point shooter. I think Donovan Mitchell's in for an excellent season. I think we could really see him break out to be like a 26, uh, five and five guy. I think he's going to be so, so good next year, especially what I saw in the bubble. He was ridiculous. Hopefully Mike Conley could be better, uh, uh, this season. Not sure. Cause he was really disappointing last season. He did have moments though, especially towards the end of the year. So hopefully he can be these Rudy Gobert is still going to be a, uh, excellent defender. Even if his defense sometimes can get exposed, in the playoffs, he's so good in the regular season. And overall, they just have such a solid uh, and well-rounded team that they're going to be a top five, six uh, team in the Western Conference pretty easily for me as long as no injuries happen. At number 10, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they're definitely in for a bounce-back season next year. Uh, they have uh, better coaching for sure with Doc Rivers. The just fit of the roster as a whole is much better. Uh, ben Simmons is good. Going to be a near defensive player of the year uh, type of player. Joel Embiid, I think, is in for a much better season than he had last year. He was honestly pretty disappointing. He was super inconsistent. Only averaged about 23 on much worse efficiency from his 2019 season, which he was ridiculous in the 2019 season. Was a 27-point score on great efficiency. Definitely took a step back, but with a much better uh, roster fit and hopefully him being motivated, I expect them to be a lot better this season. And number nine, I have the Portland Trailblazers. I think they're going to be very, very good next season. I could see them being even higher. That backcourt of Damon CJ has always been uh, so, so good, and they have just much uh, better surrounding pieces than they've almost ever had. That bench is way better than ever. They have better defensive wings. This team is just looking very, very nice uh, going into the next season. I'm super excited to watch them play. They're one of the teams that I'm most interested in going into next season. At number eight, I do have the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they're a team that could be way higher. They're a team that could uh, make a finals run, but they're a t- team that I'm also so unsure on. They were by far the weirdest team for me to rank uh, because I was like, they could be the best team in the Eastern Conference, but they also could completely fall flat on their face and be a mess. They have so many questions. You're questioning how good Ke- Kevin Durant is going to be off the Achilles injury. You're questioning uh, Kyrie Irving's locker room presence and if he can stay healthy because he's can consistently throughout his career uh dealt with injuries especially uh knee injuries which is always terrifying uh so that's a big worry you're going to be uh questioning the uh, big man rotation as there was some drama going around when jared allen was starting you're questioning if steve nash is going to be a good coach as he's a first-time guy uh there's just so many questions 
going around this team, but at the end of the day, they have so much talent on their roster. They have two of the most offensively talented players in basketball history, as well as having good surrounded surrounding pieces. So I still do trust on them to be a good team. Um, they're probably the team that could go up uh, some of the most rankings, but they could also go down a lot. They're very, very confusing going into this next season. At number seven, I got the Nuggets. They definitely uh, did take a little bit of a step back, losing Jeremy Grant, but Jermichael Green was a solid enough replacement. I think Jamal Murray's in for an excellent season next year. He was so, so good in the bubble, and it wasn't like it was a limited sample size. It wasn't like this was four games of him being good. It wasn't like it was a seven-game series. It was like 19 or 20 games of him being a top tier player and him being like a 26 point per game score seven assists he was ridiculous in the bubble he's going to be really good going in next season Nikola Jokic is going to continue to be one of the top 10 players in the world uh and they just have a lot of nice pieces on their roster I think to Mike uh, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be in for a really good season next year he's going to be much much better after a rookie season full of up and ups and down full of ups and downs full of him not playing that many minutes uh and I really just like this team going into the next year, even if they did get worse. They still are really well coached and still have those top two guys with solid enough surrounding pieces. At number six, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. They uh, just didn't really solve uh, their problem to me in the offseason. They made some very solid acquisitions. Serge Ibaka was a great pickup for them. Getting a center who can play really good defense that could shoot the ball is excellent. Uh, getting uh, Luke Kennard who can score, score the ball pretty decently is a great is a great shooter and can play and make as well is also solid for them. Uh, but they didn't solve their issue of not having a playmaker. And I think yet again, that is going to hold them back from being uh, a championship level team. It's not having a playmaker and relying on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to hit these super tough shots. I think there's probably going to be a bit of awkwardness uh, in the locker room. There was a lot that went down last year uh, with that team. Uh, when like Paul George had that speech after they lost, like there was just so much thing that happened with that team and i'm definitely worried about them going into next season next i probably have my boldest opinion so far the dallas mavericks are my fifth best team in the nba i'm very very high on the mavericks i was even considering putting them at fourth like i am in love with this mavericks team luka Doncic is my favorite player in the entire league and it's not even close Kristaps porzingis though uh the injuries scare me and that's probably why i don't have him at number four is uh the injuries of chris has porzingis when he was healthy last year especially at the end of the season and in the in the bubble he was ridiculous and i think if he's healthy next year he's going to be in for a massive season he's going to be so so good they got a lot better def defenders on that roster which was by far their biggest issue last year is that the defenders just truly weren't there for them um uh, they just have so many wings now who can play uh, good defense and can still shoot the ball. They're still going to be amazing offensively. I think Rick Carlisle is an excellent coach, and I think this uh, team, team is just so well constructed around their top two guys, and they're going to be amazing next year. Uh, number four, I have my Boston Celtics. I think Jason Tatum is uh, going to have another leap to being a true top 10 player in the league next year. Uh, he's going to be so, so good. I think he's playmaking is going to take another step which we saw in the playoffs he was averaging about five assists that was basically the only weakness in his game i mean he could still maybe handle the ball a little 
a little bit better, but he's going to be a killer ISO score, shoot the three ball crazy. He's going to be hitting those side steps, step back threes. He's going to be rebounding, playing amazing defense, uh, and being a better playmaker. Jalen Brown, I think, is in for an all-star season next year. Um, I think he's going to be the Celtics' second all-star instead of Kemba Walker. Uh, he's going to continue to improve on the defense. Uh, the, on the offensive side of the ball, continue to improve that handle, hopefully uh, get better as an off-ball player on defense because even though he is a lockdown one-on-one defender, his off-ball defense is still something that kind of hinders him. Uh, I think Kemba is going to be uh, just pretty decent next year. I think they're probably going to man- manage his minutes uh, throughout the entire season just due to that knee and due to them being so worried about that. They definitely got uh, better as far as de- depth, uh, and that's been – the a big issue for them though people point out the center position and i i understand that uh because it is an issue and it is something that got exposed for the celtics uh, last year but i think the depth was just as big of an issue as the center position and that's definitely improved celtics are just gonna be a really good team yet again next year and number three out of the miami heat uh, I think that season was not a fluke at all. Uh, I think that chemistry is just so good on the team. I think Jimmy Butler is going to continue uh, to be able to prove people prove people wrong and prove that it wasn't a fluke last year, uh, what they did. So I think they're in for an excellent season next year. They're going to be really, really good. I think Bam Adebayo is going to continue to ascend. He's going to be better on the offense side of the ball while continuing to be uh, one of the best defenders in the entire league. I think Tyler Hero is going to be good next year. Uh, and I just love this roster so much. They're built so well, have such a great culture, and then have one of the best coaches in Eric Spolster at the helm of it all. It's just a near, nearly perfectly constructed roster, and they're going to be great next year. At number two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. feels like every year we believe in the Bucks and they disappoint us, but I think, I think, I believe that this is the year that they don't disappoint us. Uh, Giannis has to be out to prove people wrong. Uh, he's disappointed two playoffs in a row. He's got to get better better uh this and this roster is way way better there's zero excuses for Giannis Adenokupo to disappoint yet again you get Drew Holiday who can be a really a nice second slash third option I think him and Chris Middleton are on a pretty even playing field so they can kind of play a uh, 2A and 2B role you got Brick uh Bro- Brooke Lopez still who's going to be a really so- solid defensive center who can hopefully shoot the ball at a better percentage than he did this season uh, and then you got some nice uh depth I uh, definitely picked up some really good pieces in free agency, picking up guys like Bryn Forbes, Torrey Craig, Bobby Portis. Uh, I just really like this Bucks team going into next year. I wish they would have fired Mike Boonholzer, and that is something that I'm worried that Mike Boonholzer is going to disappoint as a coach yet again. Uh, but this Bucks roster is just so good. Hopefully they don't disappoint yet again this year. And next, and my number one team, and I think it's not even close i got the los angeles lakers easily have them repeating next year this team is just so talented and they got even better uh lebron james is gonna uh, have another ridiculous season anthony davis is gonna have another great season they got way deeper like this team is special and they're gonna repeat easily again in my opinion they're just so so good next and last topic of the episode i got my 2021 uh award predictions first starting off with my MVP at number one, I got my boy Luka Doncic winning it. I think Luka Doncic and the Mavericks are in for an excellent season next year. I think we're going to see Luka average a near triple double. I'm expecting probably similar stats to last year, but on better efficiency and maybe 
slightly improved stats, which are already ridiculous to the 29-9-9 that he averaged last year. And I think the Mavericks are going to be a better team, which was basically the only thing holding back from Luka being a true MVP candidate. I think all the uh, narratives are there. He has a chance to be the youngest MVP of all time. He's uh, he's loved around the league. In his first playoffs, he absolutely did not uh, disappoint at all. He was amazing. Uh, so I just think it makes sense for Luka Doncic to be the MVP this year. I have him at number one. At number two, I have Damian Lillard. I think him and the Portland Trailblazers are in for a bounce back season. It was really weird last year. That was a ton of injuries, and uh, we're just a little bit disappointing. Uh, but I think he's out to prove something, especially with a much better roster surrounding him. I think he's going to average like 32 and 8. He's going to be crazy next year. Uh, probably have his, one of, if not his best season of his entire career with a bet, better supporting cast. Uh, he's going to be so, so good. And I think the Portland Trailblazers are going to be very good. So I think it makes sense for David Miller to be one of the top MVP candidates. And at number three, I got LeBron James. Uh, I could definitely see him winning it this year, but I just don't think he's going to go hard enough to win it at the end of the day. Uh, and it doesn't make sense for him to in a season where the offseason was uh, super shortened. I think he's probably going to take it easy at the beginning of the season. Um, I also had slash Anthony Davis there because I think the Lakers are going to get a candidate. I think they're going to be the uh, best team in the league. So and it makes sense for them to uh, have at least one candidate. And I think both uh, LeBron and AD are probably going to take it a little bit easy in the regular season, but they're so good and the, the team is going to be so good that they're going to get recognition. They're going to get votes uh, for my defensive player of the year. I got Anthony Davis, uh, especially with uh, Giannis winning it last year. Uh, I think it makes all the sense of the world for Anthony Davis to win it. The Lakers are still going to be great on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be amazing like he has his entire career. He has never won the defensive player of the year, even though he's been one of the better ones, uh, better defenders in the entire league for so many years now. It just makes all the sense in the world for Anthony Davis to win this season. Especially a lot of people considered him getting robbed last year. I didn't. I think Giannis deserves it, but all the things are leading to Anthony Davis winning it this year. And number two, I have Bam and Abayo. I think that he are going to be ridiculous on the defense side of the ball, especially with the pickups with guys like Mo Harkless, Avery Bradley. They're going to be so amazing on the defense side of the ball. And Bam is going to have a great season on that end uh, like he had last year. I think he'll be even better. He's such a versatile defender who can guard the perimeter and is ridiculous in the paint as well. Uh, and I think he's definitely going to get a ton of recognition for defense player of the year. Uh, him and the Miami are going to be great on that side of the ball. And... Uh, at number three, I have Giannis slash Ben Simmons. Uh, I definitely just had to give that recognition to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo for being number three just due to how uh, good he is on that side of the ball. He's still going to get recognition as one of the best defenders in the league. I think there will be a bit of voters fatigue even though he only won it once, and especially with uh, him like not uh, guarding Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, even though I don't criticize him for that too much. Uh him uh, not doing stuff like that, a lot of voters are just not going to vote him because of that, even if his stats are still going to be great and the Bucks are still going to be great on the defense side of the ball. And then I have slash Ben Simmons because I think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be really on impressive on defense. Uh, and he's a player who really, really stands out on the outside of the ball, especially if he stays healthy. He's a guy who can guard one through five truly, one of the only people in the league that I truly believe can do that he's so so special he had a ridiculous season last year and i think he's just going to continue to get better uh and yeah he's going to be so so great on that side of the ball so definitely had to give him some recognition for being defensive player of the year
For my rookie of the year, I got LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to have all the reins uh, to be an excellent player next year. Uh, he's going to average a ton of assists. I think his efficiency is probably going to be pretty spotty and a bit ugly, but he's still going to score a pretty good volume amount of points. He's got to throw a ton of lobs to guys like P.J. Washington, guys like Miles Bridges. It's going to be super fun, super exciting. He's got all the hype behind him. Uh, I think it makes sense for him to win rookie of the year. At number two, I have James Wiseman. I just think he's going to uh, be a player that puts up pretty solid stats because he uh, doesn't really have to do that much. He's just going to run uh, the floor, dunk, catch lobs, um, post up very, very occasionally, and play good defense. He'll probably average a double-double in his rookie season with like a block and a half. Uh, he's going to be on a solid Warriors team, so I think it makes sense for him to definitely get some recognition for that rookie of the year. And at number three, I have Obi Toppin just because I think he's going to be able to uh, be a player that makes an immediate impact um, more than a lot of rookies are just due to him being a four-year college player him knowing his game uh, and being uh, so so well-rounded on the offense side of the ball he's going to put on, up some very good stats on good efficiency on he's definitely going to get some recognition especially you know he's in new york uh, for my sixth man of the year i've done a shorter winning it i think it was absolute robbery that he didn't win in uh, last year, the Lakers are going to get a lot of loves, love and awards because they're going to be such a good team. So I think Dennis Schroeder is definitely going to get a ton of recognition. I think people are going to realize uh, it was ridiculous that he didn't win last year, and he's going to win it this year. Uh, number two, I have Danilo Gallinari. It uh, came out that he's going to come off the bench, and I think he's going to be excellent off the bench for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's still going to be a very efficient scorer as he's been through all always throughout his career whenever he's healthy. So I think he's definitely going to get some recognition, especially the Hawks are going to be really exciting with John Collins, Trey Young, him. It's going to be a really fun team, uh, and he's going to be really good off that bench. Uh, and at number three, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, especially backing up Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's probably going to uh, rest some games. He's probably going to miss some games. So he's going to get some opportunity to start as well. Uh, and then when he is also off the bench, he's uh, got to play some excellent basketball. Probably going to be around a 16 to 18 point score. He's probably going to have a lot of minutes alongside Kyrie Irving as well. Uh, he's just such a good player. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense for him to be the sixth man of the year for me. For my most improved player, I have Derek White winning it. Uh, he was really, really good in the bubble uh, for the Spurs, who uh, surprised a lot of people, especially me including, were actually very solid. Uh, though they didn't make the playoffs, they uh, did have some exciting moments. And Derek White was a large part of that. He was averaging like 20 points in the playoffs. I thought last year was going to be his breakout year where he was really good. But I think this is now the year where Derek White breaks out and he's like an 18-point-per-game scorer or even like t around 20. I think he's going to be great this season. Uh, he's going to take a big step forward uh, with LaMarcus Aldridge being less involved in the offense, with DeMar DeRozan being less involved in the offense. Derek White is going to be really, really good this season. That's why I, ha I have him as my most improved player. At number two, I have Christian Wood. Uh, he only averaged about 12 points for the Detroit Pistons, but he had uh, that stretch where he averaged like 20 points per game, was shooting the three ball like crazy. And I think with the Houston Rockets, where he's going to be getting so many lobs from guys like uh, Russell Westbrook, like James Harden, he's going to be getting open catches, shoot threes. I think he's going to be excellent next year. I think he's going to be around an 18-point-per-game score. I think he's really going to break out. 
Uh, and it, it's going to be really exciting to see. Uh, so I have him at number two for most improved player. And at number three, I have a second-year player, which they usually don't win. But I have Darius Baisley. I loved what I saw from him in the bubble. He was really, really impressive. Played some excellent basketball. After not being that involved during the regular season, he was much more involved uh, in the bubble and in the playoffs. And he had some great moments for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So now in a much expanded role where he's going to be one of the main guys on the offensive side of the ball, I think Darius Baisley is in for an a really, really good season. Uh, even if his efficiency probably won't be great because he's going to be asked to do a lot of stuff that he normally wouldn't, uh, he's probably going to take a big leap in points. On, I think he's definitely going to get some recognition as the most improved player. And lastly, for my coach of the year, I have Eric Spolster winning it. I think the Heat are just uh, bound to be a really good team next year. I, I have them projected to be the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. We're going to see Eric Spolster yet again be an excellent coach, uh, make such good schemes, uh, and lock down some top players at times. He's just one of the best coaches in the league. It's really no debate. Uh, I have him as the best coach in the league, and I just think that he are in for a great season. He's going to yet again show why he's such a good coach and get the love that he deserves. And at number two, I have Rick Carlisle. I'm so high on the Mavericks going into next season. Really hope they don't disappoint me, but I think they're going to be excellent next season. Uh, I think him and Luka Doncic are both going to get a lot of recognition. He's one of the best coaches in the entire league. On uh, Yeah, he's just, they're just going to be a really good team, and I think he's going to get a lot of recognition for that. And at number three, I have Frank Vogel. Uh, like I said, the Lakers are going to get a lot of love and awards. They're just going to be one of the best teams, probably the best team in the entire league. And uh the coaches who are leading their uh, teams to the best record are always going to get love. So, yeah, that's why I'm at number three. That has been my 2021 uh, NBA award predictions. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. It has been Michael. Peace out.